Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus <laughs> Still Giggs goes, he's through, he's scored! Ryan Giggs, he's at the goal that's winning for Manchester United! To the left, right footed, it's a clear header, and there's it in the left! Stockdale has won the European Cup for Manchester United! How you doing there folks? Welcome to the Strictly Cast, the podcast for strictlynews.com. I'm, of course, your host, The Northern Loudmouth, and uh, I'm joined this week by our editor and founder, Dale O'Donnell. How are you doing, Dale? Not too bad, Mike. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. It's been a good week. Busy, busy week, and uh, after City producing the worst show in Monte Carlo since Nicole Kidman played Princess Grace, uh, we're one of only two teams left in European competition now. Um, but we'll get to that soon enough. Um, first things first, we started the weekend in seventh after Everton overtook us, and then we just let frog straight up to fifth. Um, and we're not in sixth place. I, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Uh, it's a momentous day. It's, it's almost up there as winning the league for the 20th time, isn't it? Yeah, look, a lot of hard work went into catching up with those teams that were above us a few months back. And then in recent weeks, we've had so many opportunities to overtake like Liverpool and City and, and Arsenal. We've blown every time. Um, and thankfully against Borough on Sunday that wasn't the case but I was just thinking to myself after the game had that game been played after Liverpool and City I reckon we would have bottled it yeah yeah something to be said for that because that the the Bournemouth one if we'd have won that would have been guaranteed to finish I think in fifth that weekend we would have ended that weekend in fifth and we did and we blew it and that was a game that we should have won that was a Bournemouth team that were down to 10 men a team that had conceded I think about 52 goals already by that point in the season, um, and we couldn't get more than one. Um, there you so... go. That was a perfect example of that we created chances, we weren't taking them, and that's just been the story of our season, really. Look, I don't want to go on a negative spell because it's a, it's a positive weekend for us. Liverpool and City dropped points. We overtook Arsenal. We're in fifth. 
were just outside the zone two games hand on Liverpool but it is something to, to look into as we go into the summer and try and change that for next season because next season the expectation will have to be a title charge we have to go for a title next season whether we win it or not but fans want to see us battle out for one you know and not be just thinking every year we're getting to the top four we've been saying that for maybe four years now since Ferguson's left about the, let's try getting the top four Champions League football and that's a bit arsenal and I don't think Mourinho could, could dramatically change Manchester United over one season but I definitely want to see efforts in red next season and real progress yeah, I'd have, to, I'd have to agree. I mean, we could give allowances to Mourinho this season, especially if he manages to bring us the Europa League as well, because two trophies um, this season, including the, the one European trophy we've never won, wouldn't be a bad thing. But when you would consider next season, you think he's going to have more of the players that he wants in at the football club, players who are going to be able to deliver what he asks of them. Um, he's going to have a hell of a lot less allowances. Listen, people talk about... The money that Mourinho spent last summer, the money that gets spent in the transfer market these days, it's almost an irrelevance to talk about how much money was spent on what player. I really I really believe that. It, all that matters is what is the player delivering for you. It doesn't matter if he costs you £5 million or £105 million, it, it really doesn't matter anymore. Uh, speaking of Mourinho, uh, he seems to be the one person not happy about that result on, uh, on Sunday at Middlesbrough. Uh, what's going on with him? I don't know why he's not happy with the result. He didn't seem happy before the game. He didn't seem happy after they progressed in the Europa League. He's been real shocky the past few days. and like, I'm a Mourinho fan. And I thought on Sunday he was pathetic. Um, just like this just this one game, it, it puzzled me how he, he ran down the tunnel before the game. He would end it after Valencia scored, fist pumping, which I like seeing managed being animated. I love that. But run down the tunnel, fair enough. But come back out at full time and shake hands with the the opposing manager. There was there was no beef whatsoever between the two of them before after before during the game for that to happen. I thought just that was bad form. Um, obviously Mourinho had been very friendly with the previous borough manager who had just been sacked, but that's not to take out on the new manager. The the manager just standing in for the meantime, if not for the future. Now look, he's always been animated, even. Some of his days that we first seen Mourinho when he took when he was manager of Porto and then controversially knocked us out of the Champions League as he ran down the tunnel at Old Trafford, ran down the touchline and aggravated the United fans. Um, he's always been like that, and there's always a dark side to Mourinho, which I, sometimes I like. Like in my term, I call him a cunt's cunt. Um, <laughs> I, I enjoy Mourinho. I enjoy his ways, but sometimes, like on Sunday. It just really puzzled me, and I was thinking, do you know what? That's bad form, and there's no way to defend that. People shake hands after a match, get on with it afterwards. You just you won the game, you three points, you're in fifth place. It's progress. You just seem like a real sulk. I, I don't, didn't understand it. Yeah, and it's sort of added to the fact that he keeps making barbs at the style of football Chelsea are playing under Conte, and this is what the the, first, the at least the second time in a week he's played what is almost a flat bat six. Oh, it, it puzzled me. We were 2 0 up. 2 0 up, cruising. We were hitting Borough where, where they, they didn't want to be hit. And we go defensive and invite pressure. Now, I understand defensive football. And I understand why managers will go, will go into an away game and play defensive football. But there was no need for what happened on, on, on Sunday. We invited them back into the game. We gave them a chance to get something out of it. It made no sense. It was unnecessary going, going defensive. 
um, especially after weeks of slating Chelsea's ways. Look, the, the way if Chelsea are playing defensive football and they're on top of the league by ten points, yeah, they're doing something right, not us. It's not only that we he should have been happy that we won that game, and obviously we've managed to finally capitalise on teams um, above us uh, faltering. Um, because uh, the other thing I've noticed as well, just looking at the table, we're we're four points behind Liverpool, but with two games in hand, which means us going into the top four is now a matter that's in our hands finally for a change. But it's also the fact that we managed to win that game without Zlatan Ibrahimovic, without Ander Herrera, and without Paul Pogba. Yeah, look, of course, but I think Paul Pogba, to be honest, could do with a few games out. Um, <clears throat> I'm not one to be overly critical about the midfielder, but he does seem to be lacking a bit of confidence at the moment with the more criticism piling on top. Um, 40, 47 games he's played already this yeah. season. That's probably not helped. No, it's a massive amount of games. And, and I think the big difference we're going to with the other players, the big difference with Paul Pogba this season is he spent years with Juventus being uh, a player a player in starting eleven. He's now come to Manchester United with a massive price price um at eighty nine million or whatever and he's expected to be the one everyone looks to the one to change games. Uh, whether he can become one of those players, I don't know. But it won't happen in the case of a few months. It's not gonna happen overnight. There's way too much being expected of him. I know the price tag is there but he's a fantastic player and he's going to be a massive part of Manchester United for years to come. Um, the other players you missed was Slatan, of course. Um, the amount of times a season where he's pulled us out of trouble and gets three points. But let's not forget, he does miss chances too. Um, there's been m- many games where he's missed absolute sitters. So I just think you can't put too much on, on Slatan Hemerovic. You need to kind of, we need to rely on other people too to get goals. And that's the only way we're going to move on and gradually win a league is if they can find those players Mkhitary maybe but he doesn't look one bit clinical enough for me um, as of yet so maybe in the market they need to buy a player to sit in alongside Slatan that can share the goals for it um, but obviously you're going to miss personalities as well Slatan's a massive personality I think he came on in some games in the Europa League this season and he just lifts people up and the same kind of catalyst kind of element that Cantona had you know you, you look at interviews Rashford Lingard um, and they're all talking about having him around the, the training ground and I've seen bits of um, Slatan and Rashford yesterday where he was holding up play he was one of his greatest performances but he held up play really really well and that's purely from watching the genius of Slatan training and all these young forwards are going to learn from him so even if he's just here for this season or he does sign a new D and stays for next season. He's been a massive signing. Yeah, he's 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 been an absolutely brilliant player. And for me, we truly have to be in the running for for um for the football player of the year awards as well. You would think at the end of the season, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. I tell you, the, the player I do want to see to get player of the year for United this season. Um, obviously, Slatan's been the most influential player in the team. Obviously, the past three or so years, we've given to David De Gea. Um, I don't want to see you given to David De Gea again because a goalkeeper should not be winning player of the year for you. Um, I want to see Antonio Valencia get up. And again, on Sunday, he works his socks off. He's been brilliant. And for years and years and years, people have slated Valencia. He's no place in the team. He's not technically gifted enough. He's only one-footed. But Mourinho wanted him at Real Madrid. Mourinho's come in this year, and Mourinho's got the best out of him. 
he is the best right back in England, 100%. I don't see anyone consistent as Valencia this year. Bombs forward, defends quite well. He's in the right place at the right time, and he's so strong and quick. He's almost the right wing back, really, isn't he? When you think about yeah. um, how the way we played, um, yeah, no, he's been terrific. I think he's lacked confidence for the last two years. I think he has he had badly lost form for a long time. I think we all looked at Valencia at one point really, in the last two years and stuff. You know, this guy really needs to be moved out of the club. But um, yeah, you're absolutely right. He was terrific yesterday. I want to touch upon another name you mentioned there, which is um, Jesse Lingard. Before I thought he might have been our best player in the field actually yesterday for long spells of that game. Yeah. Now I'm not a fan of Jesse Lingard. I've been quite open about that, but there is something to be said that this guy in the last 18 months in big games, key moments, produces goods, and nobody else has been doing so. And do you think this guy's got a future at Manchester United? Because yesterday just made me think actually I might have been wrong about this guy that he's got something in his mentality. It just says to me, actually, yes, he is a Manchester United player after all. I hope so. I'm a big fan of Jesse Lingard. Jesse Lingard isn't your, your Neymar. He's not your Ryan Giggs. But it's, you're not going to build a squad on 11 of players at that standard. You know, that's just impossible. You need squad players. And I think the biggest thing about Lingard yesterday was he showed every player on the outskirts of the team, the fringe players, that aren't in the squad or in the starting eleven every week that when you get an opportunity you better take it and he did that yesterday and he, as you mentioned he, he's trusted in the big games he, he scores important goals and Ferguson always had players like that he always had players that he trusts in big games he spoke about in a recent interview that Darren Fletcher was a player he always trusts in big games you talk about Park G Sung always trusts in big games they can come from anywhere on the pitch any position these kind of players you trust I think we have one in Lingard. He does his job. He's disciplined. He works back. And after he scored that absolute cracking goal against Burr, he was back in, in the left-back spot um, making a, an interception or, or a block, sorry. And after he met, he got back up and was t- telling all the defence to come on, keep going for it, keep going for it. And trying to lift everyone up. And there was leadership qualities there. And he's still a young player. And this is someone that the Manchester United fan he's been there all his life as a youngster understands the club and I think you need to have that element in your squad at Manchester United I think it's important to have that it's good for all the youngsters coming through he's you know he's been there he's done it and I want to just linger at the future Manchester United I'm not saying he's ever going to be a starting player but he's definitely a handy player to have around I think yesterday I saw for the first time in a while, uh, in fact, and I saw it in spells in the, the League Cup game, although we were under the cost of those spells, that there's some genuine improvement to his decision-making in his play, because I think his decision-making is really lax. I think athletically, he has everything. You know, he's got tremendous pace, he's, his stamina is excellent, um, he receives instructions very well, but sometimes, you know, when you're out in the field, you can't have a manager holding your hand all the time, you have to be able to make decisions independently. And I felt sometimes his decision-making in the final third was always a little bit lacking. But yesterday, and sort of a bit of the League Cup fan as well, he, he, I think yesterday more so, because that was one of those opportunities, that goal, and it was a brilliant goal. You know, he's, he's got open space, he has that wide open space to run into. And a lot of players, sometimes when they get a little bit too much time to think, and I think he would have done this in the past, may have made the wrong decision. But he thought, no, this space is open up, the goalkeeper's in a, out of position, I'm going to hit this. 
and uh, well the game should have been over but it, it wasn't I mean obviously we touched upon this a little bit already but but um, did you were you worried at any point that um, when he went to 2-1 we were going to throw it away again yeah bricking it yeah, I thought Phil Jones had an absolute mare I didn't think Smalling was any good yesterday um, I thought despite how many defenders we had in the pitch we didn't defend very well so yeah I, I was worried of course worried because you've seen the United bottle it seven times this season you know, time and time again, we bottled it a chance to overtake teams in front of us when they're dropping points. Or not even overtake them, but get that bit closer to them. And now we have two games in hand on Liverpool, and we can overtake them. So, yeah, I was, I was thinking about that, saying we can't, cannot throw this away. But I think it was Mourinho's fault that that nearly happened. I think tactically he had a nightmare. Um, there wasn't, like I said, there's no reason to go defensive. Um, I can actually, actually t- touch on one point with Lingard before we do move on. Um, and I think the reason that he gets so much stick, and it's totally irrelevant. I'm not, I'm not a fit in favour of some of the stuff the footballers do on social media. I think a lot of the time they make themselves look like dickheads. But that's neither here nor there. Um, when you pay for your ticket on match day, you go and you hope your players perform. And, and Lingard does that. There's still this element of some people where they don't want to praise him. Because they don't think they don't like his persona on social media or how he acted when West Ham bricked United's bus last season when he was dancing around the place and those bricks flying through a fucking at the door at the the bus, you know. Just silly. I, thought, I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, look, the thing is, and the problem I have with many footballers nowadays is they a lot of them haven't got personalities. They live in bubbles and you don't know the true inside of that footballer. Now Paul Pogba is a character. Whether you like him or hate him, he's a character. He has his own personality. He, he he likes to dance. You know what? So what? So what if he likes to dance? You know, there's there's a lot of people out there that are narky for the sake of it. And they want to cut Lingard down. But he's a happy young lad, living his dream, playing for Manchester United and scoring goals. And he's happy about it. He was in the case a small bit, you know. And, uh, and if you don't like him because you don't think he's good enough footballer, fair enough, that's fine. Um, but I think... The one thing I give Lingard is when he when he plays, gives it his all. When things don't go go his way, he doesn't go hiding. He keep he, he tries, he tries, he tries. And in the lad, as um as Pep Guardiola said yesterday about John Stones, he is more Balsh. Yeah, <laughs> that was great. That when he said that, I thought that was uh, that was absolutely terrific. Um, I'm going to actually you mentioned you mentioned Lingard and you mentioned him in relation to Popper and their personalities. Because obviously you mentioned Gradiel, Raheem Sterling's the one who gets tied with the same brush. You know, those, those three guys have got one thing in common. They're all black. And I don't want to go too much into this because I think this is a whole podcast in itself. Mm. But I think they, as black footballers, get targeted for showing personality in a way that a white footballer wouldn't. I take someone like Jamie Fardy, who is, in my opinion, an absolutely reprehensible character. A yeah. guy who's been caught on camera being racist. A guy who's been caught in Caribbean, ignorant moron. A guy who cheated in a game last week, and it was called Street Smarts, I believe. No, Jamie, you cheated and you got a guy sent off. I mean, yeah. uh, there's no question in my mind that if Jamie Vardy was a black footballer, he would get in so much more heat than he gets now. Um, I, I think that is a, a big part of what lies behind the stick that, um, that guys like Lingard and Pogba... Raheem Sterling get for actually showing a bit of personality. You know, people say, well, they've asked to get him paid this much money. What, and a white player's never gone out and demanded loads of money before? Oh, give me a break. Come on. Of course. Look, and just good job you brought up, Sterling, because this is a Manchester United podcast, and 
and it is a valid point. What's Sterling ever done wrong? What, what, has he ever caused trouble? My my understanding of him wanting to go to City wasn't so much money as the fact that he just felt he'd have a better career if he went what? to City than if he was playing for Liverpool. And I think he's probably Absolutely. made the right decision. Yeah, of course. And look, I, I think I think it was Ollie Holtz. Oliver Holt wrote a brilliant piece when he when he went to um, I think Raheem Sterling's family home. I think I vaguely remember that he still lives with his family and his parents and stuff, and he's a real grounded chap. He's quiet and stuff. But yet, since he's even been coming through, there's always these stories like five kids and, and and all these kids and stuff. He hasn't got five kids. I think he's only got one. Yeah, and he can afford to. If he has five kids, he can afford to have five kids. <laughs> this is my problem. As I mentioned, people have a problem with the way Lingard acts with dancing and stuff, and all this kind of thing. Or Pogba. If they're not doing you harm, how on why are people like tuned like that? That it actually frustrates them to see Jesse Lingard dancing and being happy. If that frustrates you, you've a lot of problems. A lot of problems. Yeah, I, I think that. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I still think for me, in part, there is a, a racial thing behind it. And I think Mourinho touched upon something well when he said there is an envy thing there as well towards Pogba. He's absolutely right, there's an envy thing towards Pogba. Um, oh, the guy. I think Pogba, by and large, has been quietly excellent this season. Um, I know his form's dropped off a bit as he's looked a bit leggy. But second highest pass completion rate in the league. He's created more chances, I think, than any other player in the Premier League this season. It's not his fault if other people aren't putting them away. Um, and he actually looks like he's enjoying himself to me, by and large. I don't have a problem with that. I don't think anyone else should have a problem with that. Just like you said, just let him get on with it. Um, but we'll move on because, of course, uh, the other big news as well, we're in the last state of the Europa League with what you'd think is a pretty handy draw at Anderlecht. Dave, what are your thoughts on about how that game went down at Rostov? Because a lot of people cited our performance. I was quite happy for us to get away with a 1-0 win considering we have three games in seven days. What do you think? Yeah, I was the same. I think the the approach was fairly patient. The Mourinho expected that Rostov would have to come out at some stage. They needed a goal um, to take it to extra time at least. And United was patient. They were patient with their build-up. I thought at times we could have been a, a little bit more gung-ho, but we got the result we needed. Um, the big difference for me, and I expect fully expected, is when we played out the Rostov and that pitch, that horrible, horrible pitch, that... The game almost looked 50-50 because the ball was up in the air the whole time. There wasn't a big difference you mentioned out in Rostov because you know, we weren't able to play football um, and no one could play football on, on that turf. It's unsurprising that they were able to beat Bayern Munich on that turf as well. But when it came to Old Trafford on a flat surface, a proper pitch, um, they were like a bunch of Sunday League footballers. They didn't know where they were. They looked like someone, a team that played the wrong sport, to be honest. They were absolutely all over the, all over the shop. And we, we took advantage of that. Um, we knew what we were doing. I think as well Mourinho didn't want players overdoing it, despite obviously Paul Pogba picking up an injury and I think Daly Blind as well. And at, at one stage, I think another player went down. But they didn't they didn't overdo it. They got the result they wanted. We're in the, the next stage of the, the Europa League against Anderlecht, who we should be knocking out. Um, and I think actually looking at the Europa League draw, you can only predict every team is going to be in the next round. Um before the game on Sunday against Borough, I didn't think we'd get top four. I had a feeling in the back of my mind the only way we get in was Europa League. And Mourinho was re- recently asked which would he prefer, and he said the Europa League. I think we are going to go to win it. 
we have to go to win and we've never won that competition before and it'd be a massive boost for Mourinho to win that as Manchester United manager's first season it, it would be a highly successful season for Manchester United if Mourinho could go and win that after win the League Cup as well it'd be massive um, it'd be a boost for the club in general I think just everyone at the club the fans the players all, every, everyone working there I think would be hugely buoyed by winning that competition yeah, of course it's a European competition you know one thing that got my go a bit after that game was Mourinho's post-mass press conference. Um, and there was a big song and dance on social media about what Raheem said. And I didn't pass comment on that yet because I didn't know what, what, what side I was on. And I think Raheem was absolutely spot on. People can say he was bitter about it, but Mourinho's gone on record now saying that he wants to win the Europa League. If you're in the Europa League, you expect more games. If you're a Manchester United manager, you expect more games because you should be challenging for everything. Uh, that That's just one of the things you expect. Um, there's no point moaning about it. I don't remember Fergie moaning about it. Um, games are expected. And when you see, when you come out and say, oh, players are fatigued and so on, well, there's a Luke Shaw on the bench that's not getting any fucking game time. Well, I think there's, that's not football related, but he's not playing, oh, I don't think. There's, there's Fozo Mensa. If we have a chance there's back in Schweinsteiger and these are only a handful of players but you don't have to play the same players all over and over again if you have those players available on the bench like even if it seems pretty evident that Luke Shaw will be gone in the summer but he shouldn't have played against Rostov yeah it's very obvious Mourinho bears a grudge against Luke Shaw for him choosing to go to United over Chelsea in the first place I think that's what's behind that um it just there's no other explanation for it for me. I just don't understand. There's a few things that I don't think Mourinho's camp would like to be told. There are a few things Luke Shaw's um, people would like being said, which have denied time and time again. But there's a lot to it. Um, attitude is one thing. <clears throat> um, working on his diet, maybe, which is people have denied that's an issue, but it was an issue under Van Gaal that he was um, eating bad foods and, and, and drinking lots of fizzy drinks. Sorry, phone's ringing there. Ignore it. And um, whether that's improving or anything, I don't know. But the, like, if Luke Shaw does move on due to having a bad attitude, what a waste of opportunity you've just thrown away to make it the biggest club in England. You're an English footballer, an English international, and you've wasted that chance. If it is down to his attitude... He needs to kick up the fucking hole. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's no question. He, he he's. Um, I can't listen. I, all the times I've led him to weigh really for showing up uh, overweight after injuries and stuff, I can't not criticise Luke Shaw for doing that as well, because it's very clear he does return to the to squad from injuries and from pre-season. He does come back overweight. There's no question about that, and he needs to get a grip on it because. Um, I, I, it's Wayne Rooney for a lot of things. Um, showing up a pre-season train overweight, I have no issue with. I have an issue with it if you're someone that finds it difficult to lose weight, then you need to go after a bit more. But I do think during the summer, football can go to Ibiza wherever you want and have a fucking good time and eat your burgers and fries and loads of pints and whatever you want. That's fine. You're off-season. Enjoy it. But it, if you are someone, and Rooney could be one of these people where or shock one of people where you, 
they just find that their metabolism rate's a bit slower and they find it that bit more difficult to break fat and a bit longer than everyone else. They need to look after themselves. I remember seeing Rio Ferdinand on a pre-season tour um, on social media and he would get up at 6 o'clock every morning in Dubai and do laps and runs and runs and runs. That's pure dedication. That guy works out out of the most footballers now and he's retired. Yeah, he still does. He's an animal. But I suppose you can't expect everyone to do it. But if that isn't an issue with Luke Shaw, all I'm saying is that if he leaves Manchester United because of his attitude, he's thrown a massive opportunity down, down, down the river. And he he will never, ever forgive himself for it because there was issues there with Louis van Gaal as well. He, Louis van Gaal publicly stated that he was overweight when he first came. Um, and there was echo of the same issue under Mourinho recently. Um, Luke Shaw has has friends on fucking some Man United Twitter accounts that were telling... Um, Respected journalists, their stories were wrong. Yet Luke Shaw hadn't played for Manchester United, hadn't start, hadn't started a game in something like fucking three months until recently. Uh, and then his his agent comes out saying he's happy at United. Are you happy not playing games? That doesn't make much sense for a young footballer trying to get into the England squad either. So yeah, I think that's a story to watch during the summer. What happens there? It doesn't look good for Shaw, not one bit good. Um, but I do think Mourinho. Should probably play them against Rostov. You'd not to lose, really. They're they they're so shit. Yeah, yeah. They 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 weren't they weren't a good side, and um, I think the threat that they pose is overplayed by some elements of the media because they beat Bayern Munich once in a Champions League group game, and then Bayern Munich promptly turned them over. I think by I about six or seven goals, didn't they, in the return game? I yeah. So I I wouldn't read too much into that. Uh, what do you think of the draw, Anderlecht? It's pretty good draw, that isn't it? Yeah, look, can't ask for much better, I don't think. Good away trip for the fans as well, I think. Yeah, of course, of course. That's another important element of it. But looking at the draw, um, not that we should be avoiding any team in Europa League. I think people saying, oh, I want to avoid this team and that team because they're good or whatever. In the Europa League, Manchester United cannot be saying that. Because this is, whether we want to win or not, this is a second-tier competition. Uh, It's not nowhere near prestigious. As as the um, Champions League is a second tier competition, it's full of second tier teams. And at the moment, yes, Manchester United are a second tier team. We're, we're we're looking to go that step forward and finally become a Champions League team again. We're not there yet, and we have to work away to, to get to that status again. But Leon look very very good. Um, shall well, going forward, by the looks of it, um, yeah. if at the back, but yeah. You have Schalke, who aren't doing too good in, in, in the Bundesliga, but they're still a, they're still a, a decent side. We met them not too long ago in the Champions League a few years ago, and they had Raul up front. Butlers, uh, Dale, Butlers. If anyone, if you know anything about German football, Schalke have a history of choking in big games all the time. They do it all the time. Well, look, look. My attitude before the draw, as I was saying, is you have all these teams in it, and Leon got Besiktas or whoever, but you just need to say bring them all on if you're, if you're in it to win it because no matter what way what route you go to the final you're going to face a decent side and you go to the final you're expected to win there's no point going to a final expecting to lose so you can't avoid people all fucking season you know in the league you can't avoid City you can't avoid Chelsea you can't avoid Liverpool you can't avoid Arsenal and my attitude is why would you want to they're the games that excite you they're games players should want to play in the big ones and to make a name for themselves. Look at Jesse Lingard. 
FA Cup final, Charlie Shield, not that's a big game, but still it's a Wem- day at Wembley, and the League Cup final stood up and be counted. Now he's down. He's the FA Cup hero. I think the other thing as well is this year looks a weaker field than previous years in this competition. I think about previous years and you get to this stage and you've had Sevilla, uh, you've had Athletic Bilbao, you've had teams like Dortmund, um, better Leverkusen sides than the one that we've had this season. Much, much stronger teams than what we've got in the last eight of this competition this time around. A lot of the strong teams have gone. Roma have gone. Fiorentina, who would always be a worry because it's a difficult away trip, have gone. Uh, Tottenham, who I, I considered Tottenham to be, the, while they were still the, our biggest biggest threat in the, in the competition, they've gone now. But you know so, what? You, you look at the last few teams left here, I know you're saying it's not as strong as previous seasons, but for a second-rate competition, it's not a bad standard. Oh, it's still, it's still very, very good. I think we underestimate this competition massively in this country. I think the English team's record, I mean, it's bad in Europe in general over the last six or seven years, but yeah. our record in this competition, our clubs, is appalling. It's frankly a lot worse than it should be. We should be doing better in this competition. Uh, a quick word on, because uh, obviously Leon is still in it, a quick word on, on Memphis, because you have to, I have to mention something about him. I think he scored five goals these first nine games. Um, because I think there was, there was, the moment he came to Manchester United, the moment he came, people were on his back saying because of the style he, the style of clothing he wore, the flashy cars, the pictures with his dog and stuff. This is another example of a footballer coming and has been slated from the way he acts because he's a personality. And because of all this, the assumption was made that he was a bad professional or had a bad attitude. I was delighted when Mourinho came out after he sold him and made sure that was not the case. He said he was a good kid good professional, worked hard, understood what was being asked of him, and understood when it was time to go. I just think it's, it's absolutely really bugs me. I'm looking forward to, to next season when Manchester United sign a player, and the same thing is made of look With social media and, and the money in the game nowadays, they all have egos. They're going to be flashy. And like For, for example, like there is, there, maybe there is an element that they kind of want to look better than what, how they play. Maybe there is that, and there's a problem with some players. Jordan Henderson and Lana get a hairdresser from Northern Ireland to fly over to, to Liverpool every two weeks. That's drastic. Jordan but, Henderson flies in someone for that haircut. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Pays for his hotel and whatever. They're like, right, it, that sounds a bit drastic. But if he plays well at the weekend, should that concern anyone? No. Oh no, I, I'm more concerned that um, he thinks that's a good haircut to be paying that much money for. <laughs> but the point is, because. Because Memphis wears certain type of clothes, and that actually put a lot of United fans off him and football fans in general. You know, and I'm delighted he's over at Leon. I'm delighted he's doing well for himself because he clearly had talents. It was just one of those weird cases of someone that had so much talent and he couldn't pull it off. You know, I don't know what it was. Did he get enough opportunities? I think his first season he did get opportunities. He didn't take them, but. When, just because United signed a player and didn't work out, it doesn't mean you don't want that player to do well. I always want to see players coming to the youth. If they're not good enough, then push them on elsewhere. Even Danny Welbeck. I want to see Danny Welbeck playing football. I don't want to see him injured all the time. I know he's a good player. Um, he, can't, he can't be that bitter. People have careers as well, you know. Just because you can't cut at United, one of the biggest clubs in the world, doesn't mean he's hold a grudge. And I hope that he... Can, can he play in the Europa League? 
Um, I believe he can because I don't think he. I don't think he actually played in Europe this season. So I think he. I think he. I think he can. I mean, I thought it was politically. It was. It was very clever by Mourinho because he's low. He's left the door open for Memphis. Um, yeah. Not only to say what he said, but there is that that buyback clause that, that is inserted into the contracts as well for him. Um, you know, I know we all thought we we got a great deal for him, and we did. We did. We got good money for him. But at the same time, Leon have paid good money for a very, very gifted player. I think very, very gifted player. Um, there's no question about it. I saw him for Holland in the World Cup and thought this guy's a big talent. I don't think Van Hal did any favours to that man's confidence whatsoever. No, um, no. And it, it, there's a lot of stick, you know. And it was interesting because this, of course, Mourinho said in an interview last week he mentioned three specific players he would never have gotten rid of were he in charge of United: um, and Di Maria, Hernandez, and Welbeck. And that's three players a lot of people think were treated pretty poorly by Van Hal as well. Yeah. Um, well, so I, I, I just I... an understanding of the damage that Mourinho is having to repair from over the last three years at this club. Yeah, look, I think another thing as well about Memphis and, and this whole thing that was spread out about being immature. Um, he gave an inter- interview to a good friend of mine in, in after his first during his first season at, under Van Gaal. Um, he gave it to Gavin Casey, um, an Irish journalist, and he basically told him at an Under Armour event that he had been his plans were to to stop working out as heavy in the gym and do more cardio because he feels that. He's so big, it's affecting his pace. And it's something that I spotted too, but he did mention in the interview that it's not something he was told to do. It was something that he wanted to do himself. Uh, I don't see that as being immature. I see that's someone that's, that is dedicated, that does, does want to improve themselves. And he, he, he told Gavin too that his first year you know, was not good enough, that he's looking forward to the second season and setting the record straight. So this wasn't someone just coming for a good time. This wasn't someone looking to live a high life. This was someone that was willing to work hard and set the record straight. It didn't work out for him, but he had the bollocks to to move on. And and at the moment, he, he wants to hear everyone wrong again. And he's doing that, Leon. He's performing well. He's making a name for himself again. He was absolutely terrific in his last season at PSV. It just didn't work out, you know, and that happens. I, I think I think footballers like to like to express themselves and have fun on the pitch as well and these players that are ex- players like the Express like Di Maria skillful player makes things happen has a great spark about him and Van Gaal for a manager that pleaded for his players to be horny before games would take the fun out of sex He's, he would not be a fun manager to work under you know these expressive players the likes of even Depay need to be let off the leech a small bit Need to be told, don't do your thing. That's what you're special at. You're special to make things happen, pulling goals out of nowhere. That's what these players are expected to do. And when they play in a system where they're restricted and, you know, overly restricted, I think attacking players at times should be just told, do what you do best. You know, you, you can't, you can't, you can't teach a player or a specific group of players to score a goal out of nothing. They either have that or they don't. But when you go restricting a player's positional sensor or overdoing it the way Van Gaal did, you're restricting your whole team. You're restricting your team from getting those wins. Like that season we won the league 20 times under Ferguson. How many times did you see Van Persie score a goal from literally fucking nothing? It came out of nothing, some of the goals he scored. And without that, we wouldn't have won the league. We wouldn't have been champions. Van Nistelrooy used to do it. Ronaldo used to do it. And the common trend in it, 
in these players and in these teams where United were successful. Now, I, I, I think Slatan does it. Um, but this, it's unfortunate with Slatan's age because this is the start of something. I absolutely agree. It is, it is a shame, but we, you know, we're going to have to, you know, we will have to find somebody else. Whether that man is already at the club or whoever, I don't know. Um, I mean, I know, I mean, it's hard to say who we're going to get this summer. I don't, I mean, I don't know if you've heard anything, but it looks like this Griezmann thing isn't going to happen to me. No, it doesn't look like that. Um, and as far as I know, Mbappe, uh, Monaco are not selling him this summer. Um, they might be willing to part with a couple, maybe two or maybe, maybe even three players, but Mbappe, as far as I know, he's not one of them. He's not going to be going anywhere. The one I want, there's two players I want from Monaco, and I, I'd take Mbappe too, but the two players top my list at Monaco are that holding midfielder, and I'm going to try to pronounce his name. Uh, it's either well they've got two there's Fabino and Bakayoko yeah and and Bernardo Silva Bernardo Silva is one shit hot footballer and he's the one I'd be getting first or or, or Lamar his cross is rapidly let's let's take the 11 starting players from Monaco I wouldn't turn down a team that has scored I mean I don't know what the results were this weekend for them in France I've not had a look yet but after that City game, they scored 126 goals in our competitions this season, which is absolutely staggering. That 126 goals and it's March. That's ludicrous. I mean, if you if your team has scored that many goals over the course of an entire season, you've had a good season, but to do that already is quite incredible. Yeah, of course. Um, uh, just before we uh, we finish, um, we've got the international break now, um, and then just after the international break is, is West Brom. Um how do you see, because now we're at the business end of the season, we've got about 11 games to go. Um, I'm going to put you in the spot here. Do you think, do you think we're finishing that top four? Yes. Um, I think that the most important games coming up are obviously the Arsenal City ones. And I think if we win the two of them, we'll have top four in the bag. And I think that we will beat City. We're not going to play the same City we played at the start of the season because... It's not the same city. That city were cruising. Everyone was talking about them winning the title. They were hammering teams. They made bits of us but on the pitch. But um, they're not the same team. I think we have the beating of them. Arsenal, pff, anyone on the day can be Arsenal. So, yeah, I think we got top four. All right, Arsenal, are they the new Tottenham now? <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? There's, there's not much difference between them. Actually, at the, at, at the moment, Tottenham are a far better team. Tottenham are a team I would fear a lot more than if you're Arsenal. Yeah, we've got to go there before the end of the season as well, and their home record is absolutely staggering. Um, well, I'm going to tell you right now, although Chelsea are going to win the, win the title, Spurs are the best pound-for-pound squad. Look at their goalkeepers, absolutely terrific. They have a brilliant defence. Midfield is exceptional. And obviously up front, they're live with a Harry Kane, but Harry Kane's banging in goals there for the when he's fit. It's hard to argue who is a better pound-for-pound team than Spurs. Cracking manager though. Indeed, indeed. Uh, whether they keep hold of him past the end of this season is is anybody's guess. Because as far as I know, he is one of three people in the running for that Barcelona job. I think with Valverde and San Paoli, uh, those those are the three they're looking at. Um, um, it's crazy. I I wanted. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he'll be David Moyes. David Moyes will be free this summer, I think. So they could definitely get him on board, couldn't they? Next season, Barcelona will be aspiring to play like Real Betis. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I can't wait for them to um, 
to uh, to lose their local derby to Espanyol and him say, yeah, you know, we should be aspiring to play like Espanyol, really. There you go. Um, but on that note, we'll, we'll call it a day. Um, that's pretty much, I think, going to be it for us um, until the end of the international break. Um, when we'll be back, and we'll be talking back, we'll be talking all things West Brom, and we'll be looking ahead to our European Tower of Andalets as well in a little bit more detail. Um, you can follow myself on Twitter at Mike underscore Loudmouth and find me on Facebook as well at the Northern Loudmouth. Uh, Dale, do you want to give uh, everybody your uh, social media handles and uh, where they can find your works as well? Yeah, you can follow me at O'Donnell Dale and obviously at Straighty News, the Twitter account for the podcast and for the blog. Other than that, you'll probably get enough from me from listening to me on here, but follow me if you wish. Yeah, it's it's a rare privilege to get Dale on this podcast. So we we, we try we, we we try and manage it when we, we'll try and manage it whenever we can. But um, thanks for listening today, guys, and we'll see you next week. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.